Are you ready? This is Amanda Starling, and you're listening to episode four of Angry Girl Music of the Indie Rock Persuasion. music listeners. I originally intended this to be a celebratory episode. I wanted to celebrate and discuss the awesome adventure I had at the fest in Gainesville, talk about my friends and memories, cheer the election of a first woman president, and share more unique voices that happen to be in our indie and punk rock music community. Instead, I'm taking a part of this episode to communicate and educate. My life changed on Wednesday, November 9th. So did the lives of millions of minorities, immigrants, members of the LGBTQ community, and women. Many of us are afraid of the presidency of Donald Trump, a Republican Congress, and split Supreme Court. But mostly a community of followers, some of which have expressed hatred toward us. But I realize that now is not the time to be afraid. It's a time to express love. Love is sharing, supporting, educating, uplifting, and expressing empathy, People were hurt and are hurt. Now it's time to make a change. The music community I choose to be in is one of inclusivity and safe spaces. It's my job and yours to build a space that welcomes and shelters those who may face persecution in this troubling point of our history. So in turn, this podcast is about to get a lot louder, a lot more impassioned, and a lot angrier. I ask of you now, as my listeners to express empathy and love, even toward the people that you are angry with, the people that have hurt you. It's time to listen, rally these people, educate them, let them be fellow voices that stand up for all Americans, all people around the world. Check out the Angry Girl Music Facebook and Twitter for resources and ways to contribute to communities in need. Now is the time to embrace our women, our queer friends, our friends of color, our loved ones of all walks of life, and stand in solidarity. Do your part to educate and love in a place that fears. We'll help you build it. I'm doing this podcast out of love. So with that, I'm introducing you all to my dear friend, Stove Johnson. Stove creates music that appeals to fans of ukulele, emo punk, while bringing their own personality to the table. Let's give a listen to our interview now where we can talk about all things creativity, writing music, Jeff Rosenstock, and finding one's place in communities, including the queer community. Thank you. 
Stove Johnson. Stove is one of my favorite emo ukulele talented human beings and just so excited to be able to talk to them today. I'm excited to be here. Yes, this is fantastic. I have a ton of questions for you. You've had a lot of really cool things start to happen, but I kind of want to start, of course, with the origin story for Stove. What first drew you to writing music? Um, I was 12 or 13 years old, and like all kids in the suburbs, my parents bought me an acoustic guitar, and I started learning, you know, doo-doo radio rock, because we were all 12 or 13 once, and I, I learned, you know, every pop-punk song that we all pretend like we don't like, but want to sing along to, and just kind of never stopped, I guess, and has just grown exponentially from there. What types of music have you kind of delved into throughout your years of learning music? Um, you know, when we're, when we're all young, it's whatever your friends are listening to, so it was whatever we were all listening to on MySpace and whatever 97X was playing and this, that, and the other. And then in high school, I started playing in a ska band, and that was super-duper fun, and I miss that more than I care to admit. <laughs> um, and then uh, I didn't really play with bands for a while, and life got weird. I spent some time in the hospital. I, uh, a bunch of stuff happened. And when I got back into music, I was playing in a screamo post-hardcore band and that was a lot of fun it was my first time playing that kind of more aggressive music um and when that fell through we tried to start another band that lasted all of you know two practices as bands so often do and after that i was like bands are hard <laughs> it's hard to keep people together because uh, you know everybody's got their own stuff going on everybody's got their own lives so I started, for the first time, taking solo music more seriously, um, and I started writing not necessarily playing, with the intent on playing it alone, but with the intent on kind of having a collective, having different musicians come and go as they please, but that kind of just turned into me, um, and it's working out okay, I guess. Yeah, you have a lot of coming success. You mentioned recently, since we are in fact friends in life, um, being able to kind of see that, you know, you're starting to sell more of your cassettes. Those were sold out yeah. and you have people sending you money on Bandcamp, and you're starting to actually see some, you know, tangible success yeah. outside of, you know, hearing people at shows. That's got to be exciting for you. It's super exciting. I, um, sent out a tape today to someone from Ohio that I don't know. And I've never, I, I still don't know who they are, and that's the first time in my life something like that has ever happened. And I know it's, you know, for a lot of people, it's, oh, yeah, that's what's playing in a band is. And I'm like, no, but that's never happened. That's real cool. It still blows me away that anyone wants to hear these songs I'm writing at all. No, they're incredible. I feel like there's a special energy that connects in every song. There's a lot of personal elements to it. And, you know, you've made your project Stove very personal. What does Stove mean to you? Um, it's, I can't afford therapy <laughs> and I can't, you know, uh, you know, it's, it's as much as it helps to talk to your friends and have the, the, the support group in your life. It's something else to have that cathartic nature of writing music and putting things out in the world in hopes that someone else hears it and they're like, yo, me too. And I'm like, that's cool. Let's hang out. You know, that's, I make jokes about it, but like. 
I feel like 50% of the reason I play music is for the friends. Like, cause you get to meet new people and you get to like make new connections and like, don't get me wrong. My music means a lot to me, but the people that I meet and the, the, the connections that I make with other people just based on that and playing shows together and hearing each other's music means even more to me. Yeah. I think if anything, your connection really resonates. I remember the first time I listened to princess Peach. And that was the time where I, the first time in my entire life I thought about it. I'm like, hmm, maybe I need to start smoking. I need to, I need to connect with Stove a bit more here. And not in the sense of that I couldn't connect with your music. I obviously could, but it was more so I wanted to get there with you and share that pack of cigarettes and just, like, be there for you. It's a very heavy and emotion-drenched and emotional and, like, there's images everywhere. There's just a lot of feeling that goes into that song what was it like for you to write that one i was in a real dark place at the time i'd recently gone through a pretty rough breakup and rather than passive aggressively posting things on facebook or you know talking crap on people behind their backs i started writing music and uh the first recording the first complete recording of princess peach that i did uh the whole latter half of the song was improvised and it was just kind of stream of consciousness and letting things out. And I was just like, well, that sounds kind of neat. I guess that's a song now. Um, and I think that's why there's such emotion behind it. And there's such a, a genuine connection there because I, there was no thought put into it ahead of time. It's like I said, the latter half of the song was literally just, this is what I'm feeling right this very moment. That's so raw, and it translates beautifully into the song. I mean, even your vocals, I can hear the strain in your voice and the way that it really just impacts. I've never heard anything so powerful, especially with the type of music that you're playing. I mean, yes, it's emo, but I feel like it reached even deeper than what I hear in most traditionally emo songs. Right. So it was incredible to be able to hear that. I really appreciate that. Of course. I mean, it's just... There's no other way to put it. It's there. And not so many people can really translate it that intensely into their art. So, right, right. For sure. And you kind of bring up these true, sincere thoughts in a lot of your music, too. Your song, T+. Why can't you include they, them? 
Pansexual or bisexual or whatever term you're most comfortable hearing or, or makes sense. Uh, a couple of years back, and that was relatively easy, and my friends were super accepting, and it wasn't a big deal. Uh, it just kind of felt natural. Uh, I was very lucky in that sense. And then earlier this year, I came out as genderqueer, and I I, I, I was like I identify as gender fluid, um, and I didn't really have a lot of friends that identified with that. They were all very accepting, but I didn't really have queer friends. I didn't really feel that sense of community. It kind of made me feel ostracized. Um, and then my partner and I were like, oh, well, we're going to the Pride Parade in uh, Tampa, and it's going to be awesome. And there's going to be all the queer people, and it's going to be so much fun, and I'm going to get that sense of community, and it's going to be great. And we got there, and that was not the case. Um, it was way more a party than anything else, which is fine. I love to party as much as the next person, but it felt like there was a lot of people that were just there for the party, and there was an overwhelming underrepresentation of the trans community and the gender queer community as a whole. Um, and it kind of left me feeling alone again, you know. It's, I really looked forward to finding that sense of community there, and lo and behold, I was continuing to look. Yeah, you really do a great job of tying in those elements, and I feel like that's a more universal feeling than a lot of people in the community are willing to recognize. You know, there are aspects of the queer community, at least that friends have told me about, that there is kind of a sense of trying to find your home and the type of people that you'll be involved in. I know even the acronym can sometimes even feel exclusive in yeah. the sense of there's only so many letters people are willing to rattle off. Right, right. And, you know, I think that adding the T plus as a thorough element and being able to find a way to vet those feelings, I'm sure that's something that a lot of people can connect with as right. well. Do you find that since you wrote the song, it has kind of brought you any more closeness to people or at least more understanding from other people to where, you know, maybe they understand your perspective better? I would say so. Um, right off, right off the bat, when I put out uh, the fight off your demos, and it was just Princess Peach and T Plus up on the internet, um, 
no one really had much to say about T plus because it was a lot of just my friends that were like, oh yeah, Princess Peach is real catchy. T plus is okay, I guess. And I'm like, cool, thanks. I mean, whatever. I feel the same about them uh, what, either way. And as time has gone on and I've played them out more and I've met more people, it kind of starts that conversation <laughs> about queer representation everywhere and subsets of queer representation within the queer community. And it's... It's, <laughs> okay. uh, it's definitely, definitely... Um, been a nice door opener just meeting queer people which is what it's all about I guess I mean that's all I wanted in the first place and now just talking to people after shows and things just oh my god that song you're so right oh my god that song I feel the same way and it's not even necessarily people who also identify as genderqueer but people who see that in the queer community um so it's refreshing just to have those conversations with people. Well, the great part, it sounds like, is you're kind of opening the door or widening it in the community itself to know that whether it's somebody who do who does identify as gender fluid or gender queer, anything along those lines, you know, at that point, you're making it more accessible to them. And in turn, you're educating our local community to that degree as well. Right. And I think that's, that's amazing. That's all I can hope. Yeah, and, you know, I'm starting to see more and more diverse voices appearing in the community, whether they be women, people identify as femme, or gender fluid, like yourself, um, right. minorities, and so on. How do you feel about our local scene kind of fostering and opening up more opportunities for people who, you know, aren't traditionally cis, het, white men? <laughs> um, I have definitely seen a big change in the last, I would say, year or so. Um, I was very heavily involved with the local hardcore scene for a long time, which is not accepting at all. And I love my friends in that scene, and I don't by any means want to say anything bad about them. But it is 100% white cishet dude bros. Like... <laughs> And that's fine, and they're having fun, and they're doing their thing, hit, hitting each other or whatever. <laughs> but it's uh, it's tough being, you know, the, the queer kid in that scene. Um, and I'm I know I'm not the only person that feels that way, and I know there's been other uh, other queer people in that scene, and I don't by any means want to pretend to have that special snowflake syndrome. But in my experience, it was very weird uh, not having friends to be like, hey, did you see that cute boy? Uh, no, no, that's right. Oh, uh, okay. And just little things like that. But then getting involved with the DIY punk scene and um, having the experiences I have just in the past year or so have been amazing. And I've met so many cool people and seen so many bands that are so much more diverse with their members and with the music they're playing. And it's awesome. It's so good. Yeah. It seems like we're having more and more of that and you can kind of feed off of each other when you have that kind of diverse community. There's a lot of inspiration to be had. There's a lot of cool collaborations to work on. And right, right. of course, along those lines, um, what kind of musicians have shaped you as a music writer over the years? Um, 
one of my favorite bands that you I feel like you don't hear the influence in my music, but it's always there in my head is Less Than Jake. Oh, really? I I love that band so very much. The Florida Boys get me every time. <laughs> um, and they are some of the genuinely nicest people I've met of all the musicians I've met over the years. Um, but the downtrodden positivity in their lyrics always resonated with me. And they just got the pretty vocal harmonies and the, the, the pretty melodies in a music that doesn't really call for that a lot of times and once in a blue moon i'll get somebody call me out on it and uh some of my other friends from the ska scene will be like oh yeah that vocal line in that song sounds like you ripped it from a less than jake song and i'm like yeah probably i don't know (laughs) but uh they they definitely pull a big influence for me and um literally anything jeff rosenstock does um, I don't want to fangirl out too much, but I love, <laughs> I love that guy and I love all the bands that he's been with over the years and, you know, his solo band now, um, and their DIY ethics, even more than their actual sound <clears throat> makes a huge difference, uh, in my general mentality toward music and what I do with it. Um, but I mean, if you ask me that question in a week, I could give you different answers. It depends on what I'm writing right now. It Mm -hmm. depends on what I've been listening to. It depends on a lot of things. Um, I try not to pigeonhole myself in a singular, uh, subset, I guess. I try to kind of keep it open and whatever I write, I'm going to play and I hope people like it. No, it's, it clearly works. It's funny that you mentioned, you know, Less Than Jake, because that would have not been a band that I would have ever pictured with you. But now that I think about it, I'm like, it makes sense. And, of course, you mentioned your ska roots a bit there. Yeah. So it's like, okay, that makes sense now. And, you know, it's amazing how we can draw from so many different genres of music to create something fresh. Right. And, you know, you definitely embody, I think, a lot of the same ethics that you mentioned even Jeff Rosenstock brings to the table you know, the music is so diverse and sound and in quality. And at the same time, there's this sense of community building that Jeff does as well. Jeff right. actually posted something, I believe, on Facebook today, calling out the culture at some of his shows, trying to promote, you know, safety and, you know, equal treatment of women and anybody who attends his shows, period. Right. And, you know, I think that boils down to kind of having that culture already there in you're kind of building that as well locally. I would love to think that I can make that difference and I would, you know, I'm going to keep doing what I can. I think that contributes though. Everybody that seems like in our local community and your voice in particular can kind of help foster that. So it's kind of exciting to see that kind of curated and the local musician. Right, right. Hopefully I'm I'm excited for the point in your career where I will, I'll be like, uh, you know, so Johnson from St. Pete, Florida is now doing all this or, you know, just <laughs> we can start to kind of talk about you on a grander scale. I feel like those opportunities are heading your way also in the sense of, you know, all these cool collaborations that you're working on. You right. just did a split with Love in the Robotic Age. Yeah. What was it like to put that together? Oh, my goodness. I'm so excited about that split. Um, Love in the Robotic Age is my good friend, uh, Taylor Prindle. Uh, she is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful musician. Uh, she also plays folk punk music on the ukulele. Um, she, her two, her two songs on the split are like two of my favorite songs to come out in 2016. 
They're really well done. Uh, I'm so excited about it. Um, she uh, was a friend of my little brother's years ago. Oh, really? And we reconnected through through music and through the queer community uh, probably about a year ago, give or take. And um, I, I'm so excited to be working with her. She's uh, great. Yeah, I loved her songs, but I actually really loved yours, too. <laughs> I have to say, both Pieces of Bread was so much fun to listen to. Um, I like that one. That one I really <laughs> liked. You know, it was so catchy, because I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, this was a song where you were kind of talking about portions of yourself, but you also mentioned the whole singing like Max Bemis yeah. and the acoustic guitar. And I'm just like, oh my God, how many guys have I heard trying to do that first of yeah. all? Or, you know, just people in general are trying to kind of make that approach in their music. And yet here you are kind of picking up this ukulele and just completely turning that whole thought on its head. Yeah, I... um. That song was a combination of a lot of things. It seemed like it, yeah. Um, because I was thinking about several different social slash romantic situations in my life at the time, but also just thinking about my music and mm -hmm. what I was doing to better myself from these situations. And that song just kind of came together. Uh, I, I, I was driving around Clearwater and had an idea and pulled over and recorded it. Pulled my ukulele out of my backseat and recorded it in my car on the side of the road and um, just kind of ran with it. And I don't know, I love that song. Like, that's probably one of my favorite songs I've ever written. I enjoyed it immensely, you know, out of the songs that I've heard that you've put out. And if anything, I kind of like that you mentioned that it kind of combines a lot of elements of you in the sense of like, your romantic past, yourself writing music and stuff. I feel like if I were to pick a song that defined you, if I were to be like, if you want to know a song that like, what, <laughs> how do we describe Stove? Well, listen to both pieces of bread, because I feel like it encompasses so many elements of who you are and where you are with your music. And it's, it's incredible to kind of hear that come together. And it's so catchy. It is so catchy. <laughs> I listened to it, I think, three times in a row when it came out, because I'm like, ooh, this is great. I, you know, I, I don't want to write pop music, but at the same time, you know, we all love it. And we love those catchy sing-along ditties, like, yeah. it's, they're a good time. Well, you can always find that medium balance. I oh, mean, absolutely. I think of the likes of Allison Weiss, who does kind of that poppy indie vibe. Oh, and what I would do an to angel write music like Allison Weiss. I love her. Allison is everything, you know. I, <laughs> if anything, I'm so enthralled by her music writing as well as her as a person yep you know i mean i was sitting there following her wedding stuff on instagram <laughs> and i'm just kind of like i just want to be your friend i almost had like a little mermaid moment i want to be part of your world because <laughs> you know just the way that she writes such connected music absolutely and i can feel that in yours now too like i mean not that i haven't always but you know it's like i can see that and i see that kind of success is gonna come because of that i so. certainly hope so <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's awesome well, speaking of which, what's next for you as far as music goes? What are you going to be working on? Any shows? Any projects? Um, I have a couple shows in the works. Um, hopefully, in the very near future, I'm going to be hosting a benefit show for the Metro Wellness Center in St. Pete. Oh, excellent. Because I think now more than ever, it is important for those safe spaces to be around and for those support groups to be there for queer youths and, and, and women and 
you know, everyone. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely everyone. So I'm super excited about that, but that is still very much in the early stages. Um, I am... What else am I doing? Oh, I, uh, I'm also working on a show on a touring... Um, with a touring uh, queer anarcho-folk punk band. Ooh. Whose name is slipping my mind at the moment? It was a show that was just offered to me today, and I'm really excited about it. Uh, Taylor, Love and Robotic Age, is putting it together. Oh, excellent. Um, so it's going to be a real acoustic queer show, and that's my favorite kind of show. Uh, Sounds amazing. But as far as more music, um, I have an obscene number of splits in the works. Uh, I'm working on a split with uh, David Yannick from Gnarly Wales. Awesome. I'm working on a split with Kyle Kern from Brain Bust. Uh, I'm possibly working on a four-way split with I'm not sure who yet. <laughs> um, I almost don't even want to put out a full EP anymore. I just want to <laughs> keep putting out splits because they're way more fun and I want to... Uh, expose my friends more than I want to expose myself. I mean, it's, I want to get their music out just as much, if not more, than I want to get my own out. So I think I'm just going to keep doing splits until I run out of friends, and then maybe I'll work on an EP. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's cool to kind of have that collaborative nature. I feel like, if anything, it's like the sample platter of music when I sit there and I listen to, especially like the four-way splits. Oh, you know, yeah. there's so many different voices tucked within a space, and you know, it's it's very cool to hear splits, even just like this most recent one with Love and the Robotic Age. It's very it's very intrinsic, it's very emotional from both sides of right. the split. Right. So and both of you kind of carry that sort of acoustic kind of mellow but still emotionally punching sound. So it's it's incredible to hear about that. So with that note, it's been a pleasure to talk to you about all this. Now we need to find out where can we access all things stove. Um, I am on Bandcamp, uh, stovefl.bandcamp.com. I am on Facebook, facebook.com/stovefl. Um, I am on Instagram at stovefl. Um, I don't think there's anything else. I know there are. It's once every month or two. I am a uh, informed of another band or another artist called stove and i'm like well too late i'm already doing this That's... <laughs> uh so yeah stove fl on almost any social media and you will find me and my music well that's perfect because stove fl is the only stove that matters <laughs> we we want to see what's cooking going forward so so awesome thank you for your time and thank you again yes everybody go check out stove